truck and load. This is Steve Dace. The Steve Dace Show. And greetings. Happy, what is it? Thursday. Yes. The days just run together. That's right. I'm Steve Dace. Todd and Aaron are here with me as well. 888-900-3393 is the number. 888-900-3393. A little less large marge today. A little less post-tracheotomy today. Today, I just sound like I'm on my way to one. And we're going to call that better than Hillary. Yes. Which is the only standard that matters these days. That's right. I gave out the number and everything already, didn't I? 888 I forgot what day it was. Forgot what I said a minute ago. Steve at stevedace.com is how you can email the program. That's a D-E-A-C-E. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at Steve Dace Show. There's been a lot of breaking news this morning. My phone's been blowing up. Uh, so uh, I've been, uh, I'm a little more, a little bit scatterbrained. Now I just forgot how to talk. So forgive me. At some point, I'm going to settle in here. I'm like your old quarterback, Brett Favre, you know, those in the big game, first couple of throws, we're going to probably be in like the seventh row, right? Just kind of had to get it out of his system a little bit. You remember those days, Todd? Yeah. 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 I'm going to have to, I'm going through that right now. Aaron just had that moment without having your mic on while you were talking you know, into there's it. There's so many things that I have to turn both of you microphones off for. Sometimes I just, it's, I'm, I want to kill myself. Yeah. Sometimes. You're the, yeah. He, he's already claimed victimology. So yeah. we're full millennial and it's 1101. That's great. Yeah. All right. So I'm having senior moments. Okay, uh, Todd's wearing a tracksuit, and Aaron, um, I'm the victim. Yeah, is a is a millennial victim, and yep. that man over there, he's playing Galaga, indeed. All right, so your Motley Crew, we're ready to take on the day here on the Steve Day Show. All right, coming up a little bit later on at the bottom of the hour, we're going to get into uh, climate craziness on the left. We're going to talk theology Thursday later in the program. This one though is less about. The, the philosophical aspect of theology and much more about the application of it. Right? A question from a member of the audience who wants to know how to proceed on a certain issue. And we're going to discuss it here amongst the three of us. Aaron will give us three non-political questions as well. Now on a news day today with breathless headlines and transcripts and whistleblowers and trade wars and bailouts and, and currency wars, these are the. This is one of those news cycles where folks are just like, I wonder what Bitcoin is doing today, right? If, if you've got anything whatsoever that you have earned, that you've made, that you're trying to to keep away uh, from uh, lying liars and the lies that they tell, uh, both in the political arena and in the media, you know, the folks that would love to crash the economy so they get the election outcome they want the next time. That's a smart move. And it's a savvy move on your part to show you're nobody sheeple. But instead of taking a risk on a cryptocurrency that there's really no long-term understanding of its of its value, effectiveness, consistency, yield, etc., why not go with where the smart and successful people that have been trying uh, to protect what's theirs, where, where they've been going for centuries? And of course, I'm talking about gold. All right, it has been the number one safe space for smart, successful, independent thinkers for many, 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 many moons. And if you want to learn the timeless truth about gold, our friends at Swiss America are where you want to go. And right now they're offering you a free report and DVD when you go to their website, SwissAmerica.com. That's SwissAmerica.com. And, and maybe you're not even in the realm right now, you think, of, of being a, a you know that kind of an investor. 
you want to just get smarter on the issues and, and you know, the geopolitical scene, you could do a lot worse than this just from a, a self-governing uh, and informed citizenry standpoint. All right. SwissAmerica.com. Get the timeless truth about gold report and DVD for free at SwissAmerica.com. Or if you're driving right now and you, you can't look it up, but you want a number, 800-289-2646. That's the number. 1-800-289-2646. And now here's Aaron with what happened while we were away. What happened while we were away brought to you by the show after the White House released a transcript of a telephone call between President Trump and Ukraine's president, which many allege contains evidence of a quid pro quo. Nancy Pelosi was asked about it. I haven't seen it, so I've just come from our own meeting. But the the transcript is uh, the fact is that the president of the United States in breach of his constitutional responsibilities. Yep, she says she hasn't even bothered to read the transcript, but she's going along with impeachment anyway. That basically sums up the seriousness of impeachment discourse yesterday in the sense that it wasn't serious at all. Today, the whistleblower report, which got this whole Trump-Ukraine impeachment narrative started, was released. The whistleblower report says many, many things, but notably early on says, quote, I was not a direct witness to most of the events described, end quote. The identity of the whistleblower is not yet known. In related news, we've got some Fox on Fox crime. Apparently, our daytime host, who hosted Judge Napolitano, was watching last night and was outraged by what you said and, quite ironically, called you partisan. Here's what he said. A partisan guest who supports President Trump was asked about Judge Napolitano's legal assessment. And when he was asked, he said, unchallenged, Judge Napolitano is a fool. Attacking our colleague who's here to offer legal assessments on our air in our work home is repugnant. Repugnant. Not clear if that was you or me, but someone's repugnant. (laughs) Elizabeth Warren doesn't want your questions about Joe Biden's son. Offer two ethics plans. Could you say whether or not under a Warren administration... Would your vice president's child be allowed to serve on a board of a foreign company? No. I don't, I don't, I I, I don't know. I mean, I'd have to go back and look at the details. Do you think there could be a problem? I I have to go back and look. And President Trump himself held a news conference yesterday with Ukrainian President Zelensky. Have you felt any pressure from President Trump to investigate Joe, Joe Biden and Hunter Biden? I think you read everything. So you, I think you read text. I, uh, I'm sorry, but I, I don't want to be involved to democratic, open, uh, uh, um, elections, elections of USA. No, you heard that we had, uh, I think, good uh, phone call. It was normal. We spoke about many things, and I. So, so I think, and you read it, that nobody pushed it, pushed me. Moving on, the Senate voted to end President Trump's emergency declaration on the nation's southern border, which puts a stop to using emergency funds to build a wall. Eleven Republicans voted against Trump's plans, including Senators Mike Lee and Rand Paul. Learning Spanish today, today's phrase is, Mama says Liberty Score is as Liberty Score does. Mama dice que Liberty Score es como Liberty Score lo hace. Moving on into weird news, Mattel announced a new Barbie which is gender neutral. 
kids right now, especially Gen Alpha kids, which are kids under the age of 10, they see gender very differently. They experience gender very differently. It's a perfect time to introduce this new doll line that is truly gender neutral. Introducing Creatable World, a doll line designed to keep labels out and invite everyone in. A woman from the United Kingdom by the name of Freddie McConnell made headlines recently when she had a baby. Why? Watch this. When I took the first vial of testosterone, quite quickly I was being read as male all the time. It's not about more male because more valid. It's just, this is me. He just said, I'm a boy and I want to be a boy. And I did think, oh my God, that means I won't have grandchildren from Freddie. I've always wanted to have kids one day. Not only women feel broody. I'm going to have my own baby and I will be the dad. I love being pregnant. Everyone should experience it, shouldn't they? Especially men. Well, now she's lost a battle with a court in the United Kingdom to be listed as the child's father instead of the mother. And finally, an update to the story we told you about yesterday regarding Iowa legend Carson King, who, after he'd raised big-time bucks for sick kids at a children's hospital, was smeared by the Des Moines Register for tweets he'd composed when he was in high school. Well, yesterday, the governor of Iowa, Kim Reynolds, announced that this coming Saturday will be known as Carson King Day in the state in honor of his selfless efforts. And on top of that, donations to King's cause actually spiked in the wake of him being smeared, bringing the total to about $1.63 million for the University of Iowa Children's Hospital. Wow. And that's what happened while we were away. Aaron's Montage brought to you by realestateagentsitrust.com. If you want to take advantage of a, a booming economy and plunging mortgage rates uh, to get involved in what's an active real estate market, make sure first, though, you've got an agent that you can trust, someone who has been vetted, and proven to have a successful track record, someone who has a marketing plan that uh, entails more than open houses that are sparsely attended, uh, and then someone who understands what the phrase professional courtesy means, meaning they return your message, messages, phone calls. Uh, they, they do their best to keep the promise, not to stick you with that last minute, hey, I've got a potential buyer. Can I bring them by in five minutes, you know, that they've already violated three times? since you uh, signed up with them. If you want to find a real estate agent that you can trust, someone worthy of having you as a client, go to this website right now, realestateagentsitrust.com. Again, that's realestateagentsitrust.com. Let me say this at the outset. Absolute masterstroke by our governor, Kim Reynolds, yesterday. Yep. And this this is maybe the first time in my career I've been really wrong about something bad. Like almost every time I predict something is terrible or bad and it's going to turn out that way, that's my gift is to, to know something wicked this way comes Mr. Bradbury, okay? This is one of the rare times where I was dead wrong about something bad. She not only has exceeded my subterranean expectations I had going in, She's an objectively good governor, like objectively good. Like right now she might, we might be, and, and, and I know this is going to sound like faint praise given the talent pool, but I don't mean it to be. This is, this is not a backhanded compliment. If it turns out that way, it's just because of who her peers are. This is not meant to, to crack back at her. I, I think she's legitimately one of the best governors in America right now. She might be the best governor in America right now. I, 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 just, I, I wanted to state that for the record. 
Good. Okay. She's earned it. Yeah, I think she has earned it. All right, let's get to the big story here. And, you know, one of the great things about Blaze TV is all of us have um, unique, um, a unique set of skills. <laughs> all right. Um, and each of us have certain areas of expertise that brought us to this arena or, or that we use out, we still use outside of this arena. Okay. And it doesn't mean, by the way, that we, we can't have, you know, intelligent thoughts on areas that are outside of our main expertise, but it just means that everybody has their own wheelhouse. So, um, I've studied enough law and legal theory to be dangerous. I'm a former law clerk in a, in a law firm. I, I, I couldn't hold Mark Levin's jockstrap in this area. So when we get, if you want to discuss the legalities and everything of this whistleblower complaint and what is alleged, I think, you know, there, I think there's other places that are going to be far better equipped than I will be to spearhead a conversation like this. The expertise that I bring to the table, in my view, is um, my professional experience with strategizing, narrative deciphering, narrative casting, um, pushing back on narratives, um, messaging. That's, that's the area of expertise that I bring to the table. That, that's where people have paid me at times more than a few pennies to access that expertise. So let's say, let, let's say I'm not doing this show. And let, let's say that after he dropped out of the campaign and it was over, Ted Cruz called me up and said, hey, I want you to come to Washington and be, Steve, my, I was, I was impressed enough with you during the presidential campaign. I want you to come with me to Washington, talk your family into it, and I want to make you my chief political strategist. And let's say I accepted that position and I was in his office this morning and he asked me, what's the play here? All right? He's going to have some people in here. He's gonna, First of all, he's a pretty well-recognized constitutional attorney himself, right? So he's going to have his own legal analysis, but he'll have access to great legal analysis and other people that know this and know that. But he's going to look at, if I was in this job, he'd look at me and say, what do you think the play is here? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to provide my analysts. Of, and if you want to look at some of the facts I pointed out, I've got a, a Twitter thread you can look at, okay? But I would urge you to go read it for yourself before you look at analysis and things of that nature. Look at it yourself. All right, I've got it linked up on our Facebook page right now. And I have off, I just linked it with no commentary. So you can just go read it for yourself right now. All, of, all three of us have read it before we came on the air. So let's say I have that job and Ted looks at me and he says, what's the play, Steve? All right. I, to me, I think conservative media is missing the boat right now. There's all this fixation on this DNI thing that's going on right now, and that's on all over the cable news. And you know, he he called he referred to Eric Swellwell as Congresswoman and all that stuff. And okay, that, that, none of that matters. Might be great for clicks. Might be funny. Ha ha. It's irrelevant. There's well, the, well, Adam Schiff is already out there lying. Everybody knows Adam Schiff's a liar. He's an irrelevant figure right now. Uh, there's this ridiculous CNN bottom third headline and it's the media overreach again. That's all true. They have no credibility anyway. They had no credibility yesterday, the day before, the day before that and tomorrow. That's not the play. If you've read the IG report, in my view, just reading it through the lens of someone who has who sees things initially through a messaging strategy narrative prism. It's not a it's not a whistleblower report. It's a permission slip. And you're not the intended audience. 
And if conservative media wants to push back on this, they have to recognize who the target is. The target is Ben Sass, Richard Burr, um, Lamar Alexander, uh, who's the, Susan Collins, uh, Mitt Romney, who's the uh, Lisa Murkowski. That's the target because this is going to the Senate. We talked about, I talked about this yesterday, even before we even had read any of this. They have to have the vote in the House. They let the genie out of the bottle. House Democrats have to see this through. It's going to the Senate. With the IG report, in my view, I don't know. And let me state this as a disclaimer. Kavanaugh, Russian collusion hoax. The odds are at least high. This is, an, this is another media-coordinated hoax with the intelligence community and people in the, in the, in the what do you, what you want to call it? establishment, swamp, do whatever, but people in the status quo that don't like Trump. Odds are high, that's true. Odds are high. But this one is not nearly as clumsy as the others. In fact, it's a stroke of genius to admit up front that I'm not an eyewitness to this. I'm a concerned citizen and other people came to me because guess what you're going to have to do since other people came to you? What are you going to have to do? You're going to have to hold hearings as subpoena people to find out who these other people are. It's a bread, it's a, it's a trail of breadcrumbs. The lawyers wanted to destroy the transcript so that it was off, it was gone of the call, so it was gone from the electronic record. Look at the events. It, it attempts to add context to this nothing burger transcript call that came out yesterday. And what it wants, what it, what, what it attempts to say is that call is not the, is not the play. You know, this is not the, the, the play is, this is not the play that is the thing in which you'll catch the conscience of the king, Hamlet. This is just the, this is just another phase of a plan that was months in advance before this call and then continued after the call was done. And everybody on the call that used this benign language understood what the benign language meant. Look at the way they acted before and after. And Rudy Giuliani is the point person here. He's, he's the one that is either, he's the plumber. That is that was you know ordered by the by the operation to go in and break into the Watergate Hotel. He's one of the plumbers, or he just is doing this completely of his own accord. And if you watched Rudy on Fox the other night, hold up his phone and say, "I'm not doing this on my own." The State Department knew what I was doing the entire time. Something tells me Rudy ain't going out. Like, yeah, I'm the fall guy here. So that's one problem. It, it the, the whole thing here is a, is an attempt to craft a narrative. And the narrative is, for months, the Trump administration and elements within it were coordinating with the Ukraine to acquire damaging information on, on the person they thought was going to be their campaign um, opponent, Joe Biden. And here's, and, and he even said in the media, it, it ends with noting that Trump said back in June, yeah, I told George, George Stephanopoulos on camera. Yeah, I mean, I, absolutely. I, I'd use information from a foreign government if I thought it helped me win. Just like he said to Lester Holt, no, I mean, I, I ordered the damn code red. Let's appoint to Robert Mueller tomorrow. And at the very least, it shows to me, I think it's, it, it, it's highly possible the whole thing is a scam like a lot of the other things have been. But this one's more sophisticated than the others. They're, they're learning. The AI is adjusting. It's learning from its past mistakes. All right? You don't throw out there a, a name of a witness like a Christy Blasey Ford, okay, so they can just be torn apart and found to have no credibility. No, you dangle the breadcrumbs first. And you let the senators 
with their deep concern and their furrowed brows. You let them hold their hearings and they just start subpoenaing people for testimonies. And you just see what happens when you get people under oath on national television. And you find out what are they what are they willing to say? You know, when we had the Watergate hearings, they had no idea there was the, the mechanism that ultimately led to the end of the Nixon era, the tapes. When they went into those hearings, they had no idea that there was a taping mechanism in the White House. They were stunned when Alexander Butterfield said that to them out loud under oath. The whole thing was a fishing expedition. They had no idea what they were going to reel in. And that's what this is designed to do. It's designed to give a permission slip. You know, there's a, there's a, there's a huge difference in terms of their ideology commitment between Ben Sass and Mitt Romney. One's a conservative and one is not. But they both have similar views of Trump, probably, albeit for different reasons. This is written as a permission slip for them. Yes. Yeah. There's more here. In fact, start asking questions, subpoenaing people. That's how it's written. If conservative media wants to push back on this, it's going to have to do this on the merits of what's in the IG report. It's not going to be able to do it on, well, this person's uh, a partisan. Uh, Adam Schiff lied. Uh, MSNBC's nuts. Okay, that's not the, the, the intended audience for this doesn't care about any of that. The intended audience for this doesn't like Donald Trump for various reasons and would love to have permission to act on that knowledge or act on that sentiment. And this is written as a permission slip for them to begin the process of doing so. Because this is going to end up in the U.S. Senate with the way that this is proceeding. So that's my analysis, strictly looking at it through a strat. And, and if I were sitting in Senator Cruz's office and he asked me, what's the play here? I tell him the play is your colleagues down the hall that don't like Trump to give them to give them a path forward, a landing spot. Uh, using Trump's own words against him, Giuliani's, you know, why is Giuliani going to Madrid to meet with Ukrainian officials in June? Why is it? Let's put the shoe on the other foot. This is why this is a better narrative than the other ones. If, if this were a Democratic administration, what's the first question we would ask after reading this? Why is a private citizen going to meet with dignitaries of a foreign government? Right? We'd ask questions like that. Would we not ask the questions like that? Why would a, why would a private citizen... On, what, what, he's not a member. Of, he's, not, he's not an official with the White House. Why is he going to meet with them? What would be the point of doing that? So this one, this one, it's, it's learning. Skynet is adjusting now. And so the other game plan, I don't think is going to work this time. This time, you're going to, this time, I think we're going to have to, you're going to have to go after this and push back on it on the merits. Because I don't think they're going to put up there some harebrained space cadet chick who can't remember why she didn't even tell her own, her own, her own family why she was raped 35 years ago, or they can't even prove that even knew Brett Kavanaugh at all. And I, I agree with the, with the counter-narrative that this just reads like plan B for the intelligence community pissed off that the Russian collusion hoax didn't stick. And so they've crafted another media-coordinated scam. I, I think that's ex- absolutely plausible. This one's better, though, than the one they did before. Tighter. And it's tighter by leaving out some details. Inviting you, begging. We call this in philosophy, begging the question. And that's how this is written. It's, it's begging the Mitt Romneys and Ben Sasses and Lisa Murkowski's and Susan Collins's of the world. It's begging them uh, to, to beg the question and start asking them. Those are my thoughts. Todd and Aaron, yours. Um, 
I, I don't want to come in here and just take a drop a deuce on everything that you just said. Should I let Todd but go first then? <laughs> go ahead. Okay, Todd, you go first. Then he can he, he can he can drop his deuce. Go ahead. Well, I might be in that territory too. Okay. I, <clears throat> well, you know, you guys can be like chicks and go to the bathroom together. Go ahead. <laughs> wow. So that's how it's gonna be. No. Uh, no. Uh, I I actually, in terms of the Republicans, it may end up. Uh, I think it's reasonable. That's the most important variable to consider in sort of just a political White House. I, I just don't, I don't care. Those, most of those men haven't earned enough of my respect to care what they do about this uh, one way uh, or the other. And in terms of the shoe on the other foot, the shoe is already on the other foot in this issue. Ukraine isn't, isn't being dealt with as some random government who happens to be good at various stuff. And can, can you help me? I mean, Biden is up to his eyeballs in uh, the Ukraine uh, as well, which is why this conversation is even going on. Furthermore, if I would take the, if, if Trump was a guy who was actually building the wall, getting Obamacare pulled out uh, uh, or, or fixed, things like that, uh, I'd actually have, think I could believe some of this stuff. We know what Trump is like. We know what Giuliani is like. He just showed us with his ridiculous ranting and raving. These guys are sloppy in the extreme. They're frat boys. I think we're just in the same place we were. Uh, and Steve, you... You mentioned that multiple times, so I don't need to uh, reset that part. Might this be serious? Maybe. Oh, uh, I don't. I don't. I don't think it's serious. Uh, well, I, no, on the merits. Uh, no, that's serious in terms of its impact. Gravity, and serious on the merits are different things. Yeah. Okay. You, you 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 might be right about that, but even again, if it is, I I don't care. I, because this is all fake. It's it's not a country. It it, 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 okay. it just actually isn't, and that's why I don't care. So that's why I don't really care what the Republicans think about, because they're fake, too. We, we are all being duped uh, with this right now, uh, and that's why all of you can stick it where the sun don't shine. That's, that could all be true. Still doesn't mean that we won't have a Senate removal hearing that we'll have to cover at some no, point. No, no, but it's going to be fake. I mean, because I, I, I watched Sass and some of these people's reactions last night after they read this, Okay. Before I went to bed. Hey, everybody. Hey, halt here. Okay, you guys haven't seen this yet. And then when I read it, because that's, that's how I read this this morning. I tried to read it through. What, why were they out there preemptively telling us to halt? Because this is written to them. This is written to, this, this, is, this, this is a permission slip for you to do what you have been contemplating and really wanting to do all along. That's what it's meant to be. But you go ahead and drop your deuce now here. Well, you kind of gave a little bit of a uh, distinction there between the seriousness, because what I was going to say was you're taking this way too seriously. So serious in terms of the merits, I agree. It's it's a it's it is what it is. We don't we don't even know we we don't even know what serious means anymore. (laughs) Ain't that the truth? Um, So serious in terms of its impact, still we got a new Barbie line. Speaking of serious, yes, yeah, yeah, Yeah. Um, I. I really, really, I, if, if, if the whole Russian collusion hoax was not enough, and however many hundreds of pages the special counsel report was, if that was not enough of a fig leaf, if that was not enough of an impetus for those same senators that you listed off to start beating the drum for impeachment hearings in the House and then so they could vote on it in the Senate, I don't know what's going to be. 
I don't believe really. I'm, I'm not convinced. I think Mitt Romney would definitely vote against Trump uh, anytime he had the opportunity. The rest of these senators that you mentioned, I don't think it's nearly as clear cut that they would have that they would see this as a permission slip to vote against Trump if it gets even to the Senate. This again, I don't want to fall for the banana in the tailpipe again because we ter- we took at the very beginning of the Mueller. Uh, special counsel, we took certain things really seriously, and we tried to game plan this out. And we thought, you know what? This is going to be kind of serious. This could head head to an impeachment. We thought that right now, maybe even before right now, we would be heading for impeachment of President Trump in the House uh, for for that matter, for the special counsel matter. I just don't want to fall for the banana and the tailpipe again. It's terrible people doing terrible things to other terrible people terribly. Yep. Take none of this seriously because almost none of it is. Until I actually see pen to paper, a vote, something like that, I am not going to take this seriously on any level whatsoever. Again, I said this during the, uh, I kind of mentioned this during the montage. In that whistleblower complaint today, I the first time I tried to read it, I couldn't make it past I was not a witness, personal witness to any of the events or to many of the events described. After that, it's just... Oh, my God. Did you hear I what just, he said I'm about done. me? Oh, that's yeah. not how we do things in Skull it, and Bones. Yeah, that. I just... I, I'm not going to fall for the banana in the tailpipe again with any of these stories about it. But here's one more... Th- here's really, really quickly. One thing I will say that you're correct about and how this is a little bit tighter... Uh, is the fact that with this one, it does beg those questions a little bit. And and the the crime is much lower than Russian collusion. And it begs a lot of smaller questions. I will agree with that. That's a lot more crafty. Instead of trying to answer the questions preemptively, which they did in their other hoaxes, this one, they just ask the questions first. Okay? We're going to switch gears, talk climate craziness next. Stay tuned. In America, it's estimated over 50 million of us are suffering from what's called chronic pain. This is pain in the body as a result of too much inflammation. All right. So if you've got uh, an affliction, an injury, go get professional medical care. But if you have those normal aches and pains, the joints, uh, soreness in the morning when you get up, your your lethargic first thing in the morning, uh, all the various things that uh, too many Americans are suffering from with all the inflammation we're carrying these days, Relief is just a starter kit away. This is one of the favorite things we talk about on this show, and I am a daily user myself. It's called Relief Factor, and they're so confident in this product, they offer it to you a dollar a day for three weeks to see if you're going to see positive results. What do you have to lose for 20 bucks? All right, a dollar a day for three weeks. Maybe finally, hopefully the pain. What I love about Relief Factor the most all natural ingredients, even though it's a formula created by physicians. So these are folks that can prescribe drugs, but they realize all they're doing is treating the symptoms here. How do we unleash the body's God-given potential to push back on inflammation? And those are the four key ingredients at Relief Factor. That's what they do. All right, so if you want to take advantage of this starter kit one time, three weeks, 20 bucks, see if it's for you. Go to relieffactor.com. That's relieffactor.com. 
All right, so we've got Swedish children. We've got UN climate summits. We've got more and more crazed hysteria. Uh, the earth, we're all going to die in 10 years unless something is done. Let's talk about it with our guest here today. Daniel Turner is joining us now here on Blaze TV radio and podcast. And it's good to have you on the show. Daniel is the executive director of Power the Future. And it's good to have you back, man. How are you? I'm great. Thanks for having me back. Always good to be with you. So, Daniel, have they has has the left added anything new to this debate other than um, upping the ante of hysteria? I mean, are there is there any new data points, any new theories, scientific processes, evidences, or is it just now has it devolved from a religious cult to a doomsday one? What, what's happening now? Absolutely no data, and and here's evidence of that. Who have been the leading voices the last couple of days in the climate march that was on Friday? Um, the, the climate shutdown, which was on Monday, and then the UN Climate Summit that's actually going on right now. The leading voices have been a 16-year-old Swedish girl, Hollywood actors, activists. It's been really a, an issue that is uh, devoid of science and scientists. And even just the fact that you said we have 10 years left, it was just a couple months ago they said we had 12 years left. So could someone please explain what happened that we, ch- you know, we chopped two years off the calendar? I just would love to know what happened. What has happened? Um, and, and let me ask the question this way: What would they say has happened? Right? They wouldn't. They wouldn't come right out and say, "Well, you guys wouldn't listen to us the last time, so we're just, you know, uh, piling the the mustard on the hot dog here." Okay, we're just we're, we're doing a Chick fil A die in on uh, climate change. Right? They're, they're they're not going to say that. Okay. No. So what would they, in their minds? What would they say has changed that has? that has necessitated the uptick in the hysteria? What has happened is that the American people and really most of the world has not bought on, bought into their beliefs. Uh, this is a politically motivated action, right? And and no evidence of that was more obvious than when former uh, chief of staff of Congresswoman Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez was caught saying, this isn't really about climate. This is about how do we remake the American economy, right? And, and he was very candid about it. The Green mm-hmm. New Deal isn't about climate. It's not about climate action. So hysteria is their only alternative because it's not resonating with people. And what does resonate with people? Jobs, prosperity, individual rights, all of which go out the window if something like the Green New Deal was enacted. Is there any generic... I've I've made this point to you and we've had you on the past. I really don't want to be all the scientists that told Jarrell on Krypton Everything's fine here. We're all fine here. How are you? And then the planet exploded in the next act, okay? <laughs> so is there is there any, if we remove the politics of this, mm-hmm. if we, you know, and that's the thing, and, and that makes it really difficult when you're dealing with with progressivism because it's it's a will to power. Mm-hmm. And, and, and so sometimes they may even bring up serious societal laments and concerns, but when you acknowledge that the reason they're doing so is to acquire more control, uh, more so than it's not just to solve a problem, but to solve it in a particular way that grants them the power and control that they want. Right. And, and so sometimes we have a tendency to just ignore any merit of any claim that they make because we acknowledge what the end game is here. But, but are we in danger of doing that on the right based on what you have studied? If we remove all of their fanciful notions that, that they want to G. Roddenberry reimagine you know, America all right, into their progressive utopia with you know, uh, waterways that we travel with steam, okay? Uh, if, if we remove all of that, 
are is there is there a base concern about what they're saying about emissions? Look, I hate the fact that sometimes I get called a climate change denier because I, I'm not. The climate is always changing, and from 1900 until now. There is no doubt sea levels are about seven inches higher. There is no doubt that the baseline temperature of the world is about one degree Fahrenheit warmer. But here are the questions. We just started studying this in, in, in roughly the year 1900, so 125 years ago, more or less. Is that the baseline? What is the baseline temperature of the Earth? Right. And there's, there's, let me, let me, I don't want to interrupt you, but I want my audience to understand why that's an important question you're asking. Because if we don't know what the baseline temperature of the Earth is, we don't know if these are natural cycles yeah. or these are anthropomorphically or human, you know, induced anthropomorphically being caused. Meaning, are we are we causing this what, these phenomenon or is this part of an overall natural cycle or maybe it's both? And what's the ratio of a natural cycle that some of our behaviors are are exact or, are, you know, are, uh, are making worse? Right. That's why we need to know what the baseline is here. Exactly. And so it's unfair to say, which you commonly hear, the Earth has a fever because we don't know what the baseline temperature of the Earth is. I know what the baseline temperature of my human body is, right. as do yours. Right. So I can use that fairly. But you can when it comes to the Earth. Here's another little problem that the left struggles with. There are about 15, maybe even 20 worldwide organizations that measure the world's temperature. NOAA has one. NASA has one. The Coast Guard has one. So when they say things like, it is the hottest July on record. Well, it's the hottest July on record if you take NASA's one tidbit here, you take NOAA's one tidbit there, and you put them all together, and you can say it's the hottest July. But if you took all of the NASA studies, it's not. If you took all of the NOAA studies, it's not. So they cobble all this together. This is what Michael Mann has been accused of many times. He's one of the lead climate right. change scientific activists is you pick and choose your data points and when you are able to do that you can prove anything you can prove that math scores are going up look at people as an analogy look at people in the, in the education world who say oh new york's has the best graduation rate ever well yeah if you just lower the standards of course more people are going to graduate that's what they do with the climate change model so they say temperatures are higher well you pick and choose what data points you want to use i can prove anything that way and one of the things, you know, I'm, I, I'm a Christian. I believe I'm called to be a, a steward of the resources God has granted me, my own body, for example, my finances, uh, the creation that he's given me. But So I'm, I'd be willing to listen if I, but, but they first have to convince me that this is not a political will to power. Case in point, you know, you've got burgeoning middle classes in, in developing countries and places like New Delhi, Jakarta, places like this, right? And They've got massive trash dumps. Their, their recycling technology is decades behind us. And yet, when they have their conferences, we're always the target. Yeah. When, when we have greatly reduced our emissions here in the West, we actually are spearheading you know, the vast majority of renewable, and recyc renewable energy, recyclable technologies in the world. Are, are, are from right here in the part of the world that they seem to be attacking. No one ever goes to Beijing and uh, no one ever goes to, the, to India, with, which likes to boast of the largest middle class in the world, which may or may not be true, right? But no one ever goes to them. I don't ever hear them saying, hey, you guys here got to catch up to what we're doing in the West. You're dragging, you're dragging us down here on a global scale. And that's one of the things about this that makes me suspicious because if you were concerned about this primarily, wouldn't you go to the developing economies that are decades behind us when it comes to 
to cutting down on emissions. It's a great point. And look, uh, evidence of this is this young woman, Greta Thunberg, who is leading the charge on the UN stage right now. She and a bunch of her other 15, 16 year old friends filed a UN human rights violation against 15 member nations because of their contribution to climate change. China is not one. China emits more, right. not CO2, which is not a pollutant, CO2. Because if, if CO2 were a pollutant, I would be dead because we all have it in our bodies. Yep. But they emit more just genuine pollutants into the world than the United States and the EU combined. China leads the world when it comes to CO2 emissions, and it leads the world when it comes to plastic dumping in our oceans. Why was China left off the list, right? And like you said, how come they never have a climate change summit in Beijing? If you look at pictures there for the, from the past Olympics and present day, most people have to walk around with a smog mask on. Why is China never the, the focus of all their ire, but instead they go to places like New York or they go to places like Germany and they persecute first world nations that are leading the charge on human prosperity, human rights, human dignity. So again, it's just further evidence this is not about climate. It is about power. It is about a socialist agenda, quite frankly. So let me leave you with this question. I got this email last night from a good friend of mine. He's uh, near retirement, very successful businessman. And, you know, you get to that point now and you're thinking of what you're going to pass on to the next generation, your own kids, your grandkid, the world you're going to leave behind, right? And he asked me, is it, he's a pretty right-wing guy, but he's not unreasonable at the same time, you know, and he wants to know, is there a way that we could have a reasonable discussion about this to see how much of a legitimate concern there is, and then how much of this is just Soviet agate prop recycled for the 21st century. That's my final question to you. Is that conversation even possible? And I told him I was doubtful when the networks, when they, when they have their specials on this and they brag up front, we're not bringing anyone on with a contrarian viewpoint. Exactly. I, 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 don't, I told him I, I'm very skeptical that, that that's what you want to have is possible, but you, this is your field of expertise. What do you think? Um, I agree with you. I am extremely doubtful, and I do not know any other issue that has garnered this much uh, unchallenged media attention. MSNBC gave it seven hours a couple of weeks ago. I'm sorry, CNN gave it seven hours. MSNBC gave it two full days. Um, 70,000 people a year commit uh, uh, overdoses because of fentanyl and, and Chinese uh, artificial drugs. They've never gotten seven hours on CNN. 20 veterans die every day from suicide in America. They've never gotten seven hours on CNN. So there are real major issues that are facing our nation. We're not a perfect nation and none of them garner this attention. And the answer, the question that I want to know is why? And I think the answer is because none of those issues empower government. They don't make government bigger. They don't make the Democratic Party bigger. And so if you are going to have a reasonable debate about this, it's not possible because the solutions they always are aiming towards make the government, the, the Democrat Party bigger, they make government bigger, and they strip away individual human rights. No one talks about planting trees, right? No one talks right. about local organized effort. Every answer is always, how do we increase the size of government? And for me, that's just an indication that this is not about truth or fact. It's just about power. Hmm. Daniel Turner, good to have you back here on the show, man. Appreciate your work. We'll have you back in the future. All right. Take care. Thank you. You bet. Gentlemen, you have any thoughts on that conversation we just had with Daniel? Uh, it's remarkable how much uh, what he's talking about in the specific issue of climate change applies uh, to the conversation we previously had about, you know, what's true or what isn't true uh, in terms of this whole latest Ukraine thing and politics in general. The, 
So I, I don't mean to go back into that, but simply to say, whenever we're talking about a specific issue, you got to ask yourself these days, what? how am I being had? What's the con? What's the long game on this? It's almost never about a specific issue. Um, and I, in painstaking detail, that's what I like best about the conversation and you just had exposing. We're never really talking about the thing we're talking about. We're talking about power, power grabs, scams, old school cons, and it's getting exhausting. Yes. Aaron, did you want to add to yeah. that? Yeah. Okay. And it's, um, again, this... Uh, th- this issue, like Todd said, it's not really about this issue. This is how progressivism attacks every single issue. What is the best way that we can immediately hook people by their emotional strings and yep. pull them in? And in this uh, time and in this place, you know, it used to be, it used to be, and it still is to some degree. But it used to be that it was all about, well, uh, uh, 99.5% of scientists say that global warming right. is a real thing. And it was just that scientific over and over con- and over. Consensus, yeah, right. scientific consensus. Yeah, scientific consensus. Science, 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 science. It was always science. And if you don't believe the science, you're, you're, a, you're a climate change denier. Science denier. But now yeah. it's, yeah, science denier. De- de- denier. Now it's gone on to uh, people don't care about this. Uh, I don't know what do we do. Okay, here's some kids. That's the that's the latest tactic, and they've used this before. Props to Caleb Hull this morning on Twitter. He's a, a, a conservative uh, uh, activist, I would say, a you know, media figure who tweeted out a montage of a same person, kind of like Greta Thunberg, I think 16-year-old back in 1992, was speaking at a UN uh, summit on the same type of thing and yeah. just spliced both of those clips together. This is not, there's nothing new under the sun. It is all the desire for power. That is at the heart of this. So never, again, we had this conversation earlier this week, don't argue down, don't argue with children. But at the same time, we have to recognize, and it's for that reason, we have to recognize what is truly behind this. There is no substance, Marianne Williams, Williamson. We have to start thinking about this with our heart. That, that is them. It is just emotion. And once they have you hooked on emotion, then they will have you hooked completely. And that's what this is all about. See, what you just said is why I had the analysis about this yes. whistleblower yeah. complaint I had at the top of the show. Sure. Because it's this is... Does, they realized throwing out fa- they here's the let's just assume this is a scam okay and 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 i'm fine assuming that going in because they they've tried to pull several scams on us before so the the burden of proof is kind of on you on kind of on uh, the system now as far as i'm concerned okay so i'm assuming it's a, it's a Kavanaugh um uh russian collusion scam hoax i'm assuming that When I said Skynet has evolved, it learned it can't just throw out fake facts and not get fact checked and get away with them, like what it tried oh, yeah. to do Those the previous two times. Those good I get you, yeah. man. You're and dead so on. what they did this time is this is a this is come on, Mitt. You know you want this. You know you know this guy. You can't stand him. You know he's a terrible person. You know that. You know it. Come on, Ben. You know he's shady, right? And and maybe we don't like the fact you're one of the most right wing members of Congress, but you see it too. You know you know he's shady, Ben. That's what it is. It, 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 they are crafting it in that way. Just, you know what? Just ask the questions. One person I've seen has seemingly gotten this. Sean Davis at The Federalist. He put out a tweet a little bit ago. 
call the whistleblower to testify under oath in Congress and have them answer questions about what are what 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 kind under oath what kind of conversations have you had with members of the media who did you coordinate this with that's you're not going to be able to defeat this with Adam Schiff is a tool or hashtag witch hunt they the, your your opponent adjusts they ha, they make halftime adjustments too the other team's giving out scholarships too okay not everybody's a straw man not everybody's an idiot and when you go in there assuming the same game plan that worked last year will work the next year and the year after that and the year after that, you know, the other team's trying to win too. They practice too. And they're trying to do a coup. They've been trying to do one for three yes. years. Okay. You got If you read that letter, you can, and just in my own opinion, you see they've made some halftime adjustments here. And they've realized, okay, we can't just throw out fake facts. We can't throw out tear-filled, uh, you know, fake witnesses. All right, we, all right, yeah, yeah, we can't you, do that. You're now. right. All right, but, but this Schiff and the press are legion. They didn't learn that lesson and say, "Wait, they got it this time." So we don't help for two seconds. Agreed. They won't stay out of the way, which is the thing that ultimately will turn the Republicans. They may want to listen, just like I can't listen because that's way too much dumb on that side. Even if this is better this time. Those guys don't get better. They, in fact, get worse. That could be true. That, that could be true. Um, you have a higher view of, uh, or, or I have a dimmer view of how much several each Republicans hate Donald Trump maybe than even you do. Um, I, but, but you could be right. That, that, that They may think I don't have the political cover to do this. You could be right. You could be. You That's could possible. too. I could be too. Yeah. Yeah. That's why it's going to play out. At the very least, this is a clever launch of a hoax. Better that it's it's a it's a better version of what we had seen the, the previous two times. Can we at least agree on that? I think it could be. It could be. We could both be wrong or right about that as yes. well. And we're back. Hour number two, live and on demand here on Blaze TV, radio and podcast. I'm Steve Dace, Totters, and Aaron McIntyre here with me as well. There's other stuff going on in the news. One of the stories we're going to cover later today in our overtime for Blaze TV subscribers. And um, the, the U.S. Senate voted yesterday to try to cancel the president's border uh, emergency declaration at the border so that he cannot divert funds from, uh, from national defense to the building of a wall. And I'm trying to figure out, like, I know why Rand Paul voted the way that he did. He's a libertarian, and most libertarians are open borders. So I get that. I'm trying to figure out why Mike Lee voted the way that he did. Because I'm, I'm, I'm trying to figure out why you're concerned about the strict letter of the constitutional law, and I don't even agree with Mike Lee on that. I, mean, I, I don't know what is a more basic function of the U.S. presidency than... Uh, defending uh, the sovereignty and safety and security of the American people. I mean, I, I don't, I mean, that's, that's like the most basic, there's a reason why the founders, the constitution gives the president the most power where that is concerned. But that notwithstanding, that's a separate argument. I, I don't understand why if you're Mike Lee and I love Mike Lee, but I, I don't understand why, um, you think that's unconstitutional, but you partnering with with Ivanka to do a nanny state program, which says if you promise to spend the money the way government says, they'll give you more of your own money that you earn back. 
guys, can I just ask a generic question? It's galaxy brain. Okay. If, if you were thinking of, at a, where would I, where, where would I maybe stretch the, the, the edge of the envelope constitutionally? And your choices are A, and maybe you would choose never to do it. And if your choice is to never do it, I'm totally fine with that too, okay? <coughs> Pardon me. But your, your choices are A, in the interest and security and sovereignty of America's borders and America's citizens with a crime, filth-infested southern border being overridden by crime and um, uh, human tumult. B, you can have some of the money that you earned back in exchange for promising to spend it on daycare. If you guys were sitting in the U.S. Senate and you were thinking, you know what, sometimes you just you, ha- you can't make the perfect enemy of the good here, right? And sometimes you got to stretch the envelope a little, a little bit. Where would be the place that you would choose to say, this is such a priority, it might be time to color here with a shade of gray? The sovereignty and security of the American people or we give you your money back if you promise to use it to, to, buy, to buy daycare with it. Aaron, you first. Uh, how much money? Exactly. Todd. Well, since you didn't give me a transgender option, I'll go with A. That's the right answer. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah I just, I don't understand that. So, Steve, why don't you ask Mike Lee to come on and explain it? We did, actually. And we were told he was too busy to come on, and they hope to do it in the future. So I, I hope he does come on in the future. I, I, I would like to know the answer to that. I. I, I don't understand. I, I don't. I, I, I can come up with some answers to that question, and none of them are good, by the way. I, but if, if, you have a, if you're a constitutional conservative, I don't know why you would think, you know, it's here with the safety and security of the American people, where we've got a county in Maryland that's had eight child rapists of illegal aliens. Okay? I, I think the number has grown. Sorry. Has it grown small, since then? Small point. Okay, okay, but thank you. Yeah, but, but you know what? We're going to stick with the letter of the law here. Okay, I mean, if you want to, if you want to do that comprehensively, uh, we're going to probably be the last show in America that's going to criticize somebody for trying to uphold the letter of the law on a moral absolute. Or, that's how much sticker time a, a, a usually. Yeah. Right. Even if we disagree with you, we're like, yeah. dude, thanks, th- thanks for at least thinking that way. Even if we don't agree with you here, we'll give you a helmet sticker for even going there. Right. That's that's kind of how we roll. What I don't get though is, all right, here, in a matter of national import, I, I mean, I've got to draw the the tight constitutional. Uh, Jeffersonian line here. But when it comes to, we'll give you more of your money back if you use it to spend on daycare. Some winks, some nods, eh, some sleight of hand. That I don't understand. I totally understand rejecting it just as a strict constitutional principle if you're going to do that across the board. I don't understand rejecting this though and then making an exception for Ivanka care. That's, That's what I don't understand. So... We're going to discuss it. We tried to get Mike Lee on the show today. Uh, we're going to discuss it uh, amongst ourselves in the overtime uh, later today. So if, if you are not yet a subscriber to Blaze TV, blazetv.com slash dace is how you can catch today's episode uh, of Overtime, but all of the other stuff that we do each and every day uh, for Blaze TV as well. And then also, if you listen to our podcast version, if you wouldn't mind leaving us a five-star review, uh, whichever podcast platform you use. In fact, go to podcast platforms you don't use. 
and leave us a five-star review there, all right? Just start spreading your five-star seed everywhere you go, all right? That's kind of, that would help us out. The more of those we get, uh, the more Skynet uh, is benevolent toward us, and then the more likely uh, the, the algorithms that to govern and rule us these days will help us to find more people like you, which makes it more likely that we get to do this for a living. And thank you to all of you, the thousands of you that have left us those five-star reviews already here for the Steve Day Show. Um, gentlemen, let's get to Theology Thursday. Are you ready to go? Always. It is brought to you by RidUzone, which wants you to know if you're struggling with making with meeting your weight your weight loss goals, willpower will only take you so far because your body was made to crave and conserve calories. It's only been recently in human history that food was considered a convenience for the masses. Well, you can see why there might be a problem. Convenient food, but you want to lose weight. So how do you do this? Well, luckily, your body was given a molecule that goes, uh, that sends us, it's called OEA. It sends a signal from the belly to the brain to let the brain know when you're full so the brain can then do what it's supposed to do with all that metabolic stuff, you know? Unfortunately, when you just ignore it for so many years with poor habits, similar to when you're sedentary and then you try to work out, atrophy sets in. And that's where Riduzone comes in. All it is, is this OEA. That's all it is. It's an OEA supplement. It's to boost the OEA in the body. No chemicals, preservatives, additives, caffeine. That's all that it is, which is why it's FDA accepted, vegan friendly, gluten free. It's just this OEA to help you uh, get your portion sizes and cravings under control. If you want to give it a shot, go to the website, riduzone.com, R-I-D-U-Z-O-N-E, riduzone.com. And if you use my name, Steve, as a promo code, they'll give you 30% off a three-month supply. 30% off promo code Steve, a three-month supply at riduzone.com. All right, we've done a lot of, I think, stuff hermeneutically and uh, philosophically with Theology Thursday, which is always the the origin point, right, for any good theology. But eventually, there has to be an application stage. Otherwise, we're just navel gazers. We're pondering the lint there. And it's fun. And it's fun. Yeah. But eventually, you got to leave the monastery. You can't just stay in the monastery. Eventually, you got to leave, all right, and go out to, you know, to the city, to the, to the masses. Correct? Yep. Can't always be how many angels dance on the head of That's a right. head. That's right. Eventually, the Great Commission says, uh, get off your, your, uh, your tuchus and, and do something here. All right? So, along those lines, I've got a question from, uh, from Chris. Chris Wagoner is his name. He writes, the cultural impact team from my church is planning to go down to the public library in St. Louis, which is hosting a drag queen story hour this Saturday from 2 to 3 p.m. We're meeting on Friday to discuss plans, and I am planning on attending that meeting. My understanding is that they're going to go hand out flyers about the dangers of this activity. I am struggling personally and trying to figure out what the proper response of the church should be to such an event as Drag Queen Storytime Hour. Too often in the past, it seems to me that the church's response has been to just do nothing, and the results of that strategy, in my opinion, have not been positive. So I do believe some response is required. But I also do not believe that having a confrontational interaction in this setting is helpful either. So my question is this. If there was a drag queen story hour at your local library and your church puts you in charge of organizing the response, what would you do and not do? How do we as Christians challenge the culture's worldview while still showing that we love them? Excellent email, Chris. Because this is really, really where the rubber meets the road, right? 
this is where you get outside of your, your comfort zone and you start doing what you believe. So gentlemen, I'm gonna let you have the first crack at this. Which one of you wants to, which one you wants to I, I answer won. first? Yeah, I've been chomping at the bit. To All right. I, I can see that. You didn't day. even let me get my question out. <laughs> yeah. You're right. You're on it. Go. <laughs> um, so here's what I would do. And I've, I've really, I w- I, I've really um, been thinking about this a lot. And I think I've, I've split the baby. I've threaded the needle here and I have come up with the perfect, the perfect, the perfect solution for this. First, what I would say um, is all of you involved with that meeting. Uh, it's still summertime. If, if you're wearing sandals, I would take them all off first and then knock them together like that. And then I would commence uh, within that meeting to discuss which, uh, which maybe homeless shelter or battered women's shelter or uh, food bank um, or, you know, uh, meal site that you could all go to to practice true undefiled religion, uh, as, as James uh, talks about. I think we're, I think that that email is really illustrative of the creep of, of our culture into our lexicon, into our minds. Remember last Friday when you were talking about the, uh, the, the montage of bleep Democrats say, and you said, all of this is insane. On, on, if you just took this in a vacuum 10 years ago, this would be nuts. But because we are in this every single day, and we hear about drag queen story hour every single day, and we hear about gender-neutral Barbies every single day, and we hear about this chick in the United Kingdom who wants to be known as the father of her child every single day. We hear about those things every single day. We don't stop back and look back and maybe look at the big picture and say, hey, this is not really something. This is, this is a uh, kick the, the dust off your sandals and move on. How do you show love? I believe that's one of the one of the uh, one of the questions. He, how do you show love? The mind is so far gone for people who are interested in drag queen story hour, for the drag queens, for the parents of the kids who drag their uh, drag their kids to the drag queen story hour. Maybe there is a conscience in there somewhere, but man. I think you're going to be much better served and much, uh, much more likely to show the love of Christ by actually practicing it, going out and feeding the orphans and the widows. That's what I really think about this. Because you're right, just going to a library somewhere and just uh, uh, cursing the darkness and casting your pearls be- before swine, even though God still loves those people as much as he loves you, and you have sinned as much as them, at that point, though, what is the better use of your time? I think that's probably the question that I would be asking at this point. Because I don't think, I I do not think that that is an area where it is profitable or beneficial. And if you have a conviction otherwise, and you are able to thread the needle, as I uh, was not able to do, uh, even sarcastically, if you do have a conviction and you are able to thread the needle and are able to come up with something that is clever, that you can circumvent, and that you can really make people stop and ask why, then do it. By all means, do it. But again, the, the mind is, is gone. The, the conscience 
is gone if you are at the point where Drag Queen Story Hour is an interest to you or seems normal to you. And I'm not sure that going there in any capacity isn't just casting your pearls before swine. Huh. That is not the answer I anticipated from you. Interesting. Todd. Yeah, I have a a different answer. Uh, while I'm very appreciative of Aaron's there, because we often jive along uh, these lines, and boy, I mean, the pearls before swine thing, tr trust me, preach. I get it. But I don't understand, like, at, generally speaking, at its base, how is approaching this any, any different than uh, uh, the movie Unplanned? Y you show up, you do God's work the best you can. You understand it's a horror story. You understand there's going to be failure. And you put your faith in God and trust that he will provide the increase. When? Who knows? How? Uh, who knows? He did in that movie. You show up there. You may be spit on. You may be uh, to the library. You may be called names. I, I, I don't know. But basically, if you show up there and you provide witness, how, how is going there and and tr doing that in faith any different than showing up to a Planned Parenthood? I fence. was going to ask Aaron that question. Can I say the same thing? If they're if they're killing children in there, their minds are gone too. So should we never show up there? Uh, that's not true, though. Who who are you trying to persuade when you go to uh, a, an abortion facility? You're trying to persuade. Well, either, well, the first priority is moms to prevent them to go in there from killing their kid. Correct. Right? Yes. Yeah. And yes, maybe some of them are gone. But I don't think all of them are gone. So what if what if, if we went are, down there to persuade to persuade parents not to subject their children to this? If they if again, what I already said was if your mind is already in the place where it's like, oh yeah, this is fine, uh, what persuasion are you going to be able to do? If if your mind is in the place where there's it's not even a second thought, yeah, drag queen story hour. So you think someone's mind conscience is more See, seared we need to if talk. they're if they're in the parking lot at the public library? I'm asking. I'm yeah. asking. You you're and your your assessment is the conscience is the heart is more darkened if they're in the parking lot taking their child their their born children in to go see drag queen story time hour than if then the 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 stereotypical scared pregnant unwed mom who goes in there with thinking she's out of options and her child's not born yet. You think again, she's more salvageable? Sounds, the, yes. Actually, and again, okay. this, I, I, again, this sounds callous to a point, but we need to start talking about a, uh, a perversion of reality versus rejection of it. Drag queen story hour is a rejection of reality. All right. A, a mother who is, uh, who is hurting, who is scared, who is vulnerable and just decides that at this point I'm going to practice some, um, you know, uh, uh, just kind of pragmatism, uh, basically. Uh, that is more, I mean, it is a rejection of reality that this kid inside me I'm going to allow to be killed. But at least there's something there that's only perverted instead of just completely rejected that you might be able to salvage. That's all I, I'm trying I, to say. I actually concede Aaron's point on that, but it's not— I mean, one second— Recovering from sinus infection, cough coming. Got it. Thank you. 
Go ahead, Todd. No, we're used to coughing around here. It's it's pretty phlegmy. Uh, no, I concede Aaron's point on that. I, I think his analysis is uh, right, but it's it's also about more than just those families. These these are public libraries. There's a lot of families that would uh, like to have nothing to do with this, uh, uh, but they they don't know how to fight back. They're yep. tired of being called bigots. Uh, you, you, it's you, also you, a taxpayer funded institution, and these you're a taxpayer. Yeah, you you, yeah. you, you surround uh, that library. With Christian witness, loving Christian witness, I, do I know what's going to happen? I, I don't. Uh, but could something possibly marvelous come out uh, of it? Uh, I believe, of course. How much of how much of your opinion of this, Aaron, is based on the presumption that it's a lo- that it's a it's a lose lose situation that the setting the setting does not does not make it advantageous for for good fruit to come out of out of out of out of that event how much of that well i'm not trying to skirt the question i'm i'm asking it by giving you a little or i'm answering it by giving you a little bit more con, uh, context i mean god is god he is not us he can work through any any situation any context whatsoever to bring about his work i'm just looking at it from the perspective of if you are uh, attempting to engage with the people who are going to Drag Queen Story Hour or the drag queens themselves or the people who are generally support that. If you're trying to engage with them, um, what is more like, which, which situation is likely to bear more fruit? Feeding somebody who needs it, providing for a battered woman, uh, providing uh, for an orphan. Who is more likely to see, to see the light of Jesus in your life? And uh, in those two circumstances, that's what I'm trying to see. The answer is clear to me that it's the person. So, do you think it's an absolute? You never confront evil because you could. You'd always be better off feeding the hungry than confronting evil is on that, this level. That's not what I said at, I, I, at all. I, I'm, I'm sure you're just okay. pushing back. You're just asking questions. Yeah, I'm just at, I, yeah because I'm. I can. I know what emails I'm going to get, so I'm sure. trying to let you preemptively answer <laughs> yeah, them. Okay, well, typical millennial Christian, just go feed the hungry and be nice to people, and never right. ever ever uh, go after evil. That that's going to be the reaction I'm going to get. So, sure. So what I'm trying to point out is, or, do you think this particular toxicity of this situation calls for a certain amount of um, restraint? Uh, because let me just boil it down. You don't trust that we are capable of coming out of this, not looking like we're going to produce a story on the local news that checks every stereotype people have of bony finger pointing Christians. Sure. That's really what's driving you, isn't it? Uh, there'll be some kind of confrontation. They'll act out. We'll, we'll look no, ridiculous and no, I'm just, we'll be on the nightly I'm news. I'm just answering the question that okay. was asked. How do we show God's love in this situation? What would you do if I, if you were tasked with, with uh, intervening or confronting this in some manner, I would say the risk-reward in this context and in this arena is better served by actually practicing true religion. Having said that as well, again, that's that's the question that was asked. I'm not against confronting evil at all. But this, this, the question that was asked is how to show uh, Christ's love in this particular situation. If that is your main concern, you're probably better served with showing it 
uh, somewhere else where you can make maybe more of an immediate. Uh, if, if you're wanting to avoid conflict, which it seems like he's wanting to do, and again, I'm answering the email that we got. Sure. If you're wanting to avoid conflict, then this is not the place to go. I guess that's what I'm, I'm, gonna, uh, I'm trying to say. Because if you want to make a difference, and you're right that it's a taxpayer, go in there with the, ad- I mean, you know, uh, approach this from the attitude of this must end and we're going to end it now. Uh, you're not necessarily going to, uh, you're going to be driving a wedge between you. So if you're trying to avoid conflict, I would say don't go there at all because it's going, there's going to be conflict. If you're uh, of the belief that yes. this needs to end, then freaking end it. Do, what it t- uh, do whatever it takes to end it and let the chips fall where they may. Yeah, don't go I don't ch- think this is a dualistic mind, but yeah. if you're going to go full measure, then go full measure. But In other again, words, so I'm, you see this as, an, as essentially an enclave of hell on earth. Yes. Don't yes. show up with flyers. Yes. yes. Is that what you're saying? Yes. Okay, because you're you're, the it's only thing that can happen sum, is, is a, a loss. It's a zero-sum game. Absolutely. And so if you're not prepared, to, and if you don't think this is the setting, to do what must be done. Then spend your time then elsewhere. Then spend your time elsewhere. Okay. Totally nailed that, yeah. On, on that, then I would agree. Yeah. Okay. And I went into this conversation actually not knowing what I thought because I am torn by the by these two instincts. Oh, know? I have them both in me for sure. Yeah. Um, but I, I think the part there that we talked about at the end, there's a lot of wisdom there. So unless you think... You know, well, let me, can I take a step back from all of this? Make sure none of the families at your church are taking their kids to drag queen story time hour. Can we start with that? Do you know how many women check Christian on their questionnaire form at Planned Parenthood every year? Okay. You know what I'm saying? Oh, can I speak to that directly? Yeah, yeah go ahead. Last yeah. night at my daughter's uh, confirmation class. Uh, so the first time back after the hiatus. Uh, everybody in their small group had to uh, discuss uh, this is their second year uh, of confirmation. The, the sacrament happens this year. Everybody their, uh, uh, in their small group was asked by the leader, well, what's the one thing you took away from last year's uh, faith formation? And a girl in the class, so we're, so- we're talking sophomores, uh, who apparently has just dropped off by her mom and has to go, said, I learned that this church is constantly attacking the LGBT community. So that's just going on right under the roof. So that, and then we learn you should not be in this church. Yes, but you should go join another one. Exactly. Thank you for your time. But that speaks directly to what yes. you, you can't take that yeah. for granted. Start start so, right under your own. Chris, roof. If, you, if if you're tuning in right now, Chris, that would actually be my first piece of advice. And I would not assume you guys have had this conversation as a congregation before you involved your cultural impact or leadership team. I can't remember which which uh, way you guys described it. Because, yeah, do, do the people in your own congregation, in, in fact, let's take even a, a step even further back. Has your pastor from the pulpit, not a Sunday night class, not a Wednesday night adult Bible fellowship, not a small group, with the, mat, with, with, with the assembly assembled, has your pastor stood up and said, it is evil to take your kids to Drag Queen Storytime Hour at the library on Saturday down the street. Has he said that? If he has not said that, then frankly, I probably should have just started with that now that I think about it. Although we would have missed out on a fascinating 15-minute conversation we had picking Aaron's brain about this, okay? But, but if we're going to pure strategy, if we didn't start there, um, do not pass go, 
do not collect two hundred dollars. All right. If the if 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 the man God has called to, to in his pulpit to be the sh- the shepherd of those sheep has not made it plainly clear, and and I would say this is true. Any of the rest of you that would ask us a question about this on any other issue of church engagement, engagement, if the pulpit, if the shepherd has not said the sheep are not to go past this fence line, they're not to go into that, into that land. They're not to, to graze in that field. That's verboten. If you can't get, if we can't do that, then there is no point Yep. Of, of, of that's step one here. Right. And it proves this whole conversation where we started iron sharpens iron. We're not in either or we're in both and territory. Yes. Yeah. 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 Cause I do agree with Aaron. Are you, let's say, and, and let's say, yeah, we have that. That's why we, Steve, that's why we have a cultural impact leadership team because we have that kind of church. We mobilize, we engage. Okay. Then understand this is a level of, cause what I really hear Aaron calling you to understand this is a level of spiritual warfare that goes beyond standing standing a hundred yards outside of a planned parenthood calling out for to a pregnant woman on a saturday in a parking lot yes that's intense as it is okay nobody's nobody's diminishing that okay but you're talking about going you're talking about the 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 biblical equivalent of Jesus takes his followers to Caesarea Philippi to give one of the most important sermons of his entire ministry. But but he didn't like walk in to he didn't take him there in the middle of a pan worship while an orgy was going on. Okay? That not to say he wouldn't do that. I'm just saying that that you're going next level with something like this. You're gonna go right into the middle of the pagan ritual. And and that goes beyond getting a woman in a parking lot. You're going to go right into the surgery room, yeah. Right, right when she's in the stirrups, when they're about ready to 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 dismember the child, and she's at that level of commitment. Is that what I hear you saying, Aaron? Yes. She's at this level of. She's put on the robe. She's hurt it all. She's got her. The legs are spread. The 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 tools are out, and 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 the locals been applied, and we're ready to go. And you're going to bar. That's when you're going to barge in. Is that kind of what I hear you saying? Yeah. And so you're going to go right into the middle of the rival pagan religion ritual. Okay, you better, do you understand what that, would, what that will entail if you do that? And have you contemplated what the full ramifications of that action would be? And then therefore, what the law of unintended consequences and collateral fallout will be, right? Yep. Okay. And because... And I'm guessing, based on his email, that you're surmising that they have not done that, which is why he's asking us this in the first place. Yeah, I, I believe there's yeah. language in there about uh, not wanting, I don't know if it's a conviction that he has, uh, not wanting necessarily to get into a, a, a big conflict like that. Well, if that's your conviction that it's not really the right time or place for your team to, to get into a conflict of that nature, yep. then my whole point is spend it uh, doing something else. Well, you guys know what my motto is. You guys, when you ask me questions, I give you the same answer. I give my kids, my wife, friends, clients. If you're not sure, what's, my, what's always my next line? Answer is always no. The answer is always no. Now, it's not always no if you're not sure, but by and large, how much trouble in life are you going to avoid when you go with a no when you're not sure? Are you more likely to avoid trouble than you right. are? Right. right. So, so that there are times you're not sure and then you do something and it works out. Okay. But 
if you're playing the percentages, and I'm a handicapper, I play the odds. If you're playing the percentages when you're not sure, the answer is no. In the, but as a, as a general rule with something like this, start with your own congregation first. Is it is it clear to the assembly that this is wrong, bad, and has no place in their homes? Is that clear? Number one, because if you don't have that, then there then you know we're beyond the in, engagement part. You know, and it reminds me of when I was all worked up about the Ten Commandments monument in Alabama years ago, and I heard a pastor, the late Adrian Rogers, on a podcast say, "Y'all are worked up about this. How many of you have the Ten Commandments in your own home?" And I'm like. I don't. And I called my wife on the cell phone. Quick, <laughs> go buy a Ten <laughs> I was so convicted by that. So make sure the assembly knows it's wrong first. More in a moment. All right. So I want to make sure we answered Chris's question before we go to three non-political questions. And because others may ask us, what, what, Aaron was, what Aaron is suggesting is situational, more situational strategy, more so than an absolute, okay? That's why we drew distinctions between going outside of Planned Parenthood Clinic and, and other things, for example. But when you're thinking of engaging at this level, number one, tell me if you guys are okay with these steps as we go along, okay? Before we move on. Want to make sure we close the loop on a really important conversation. Number one, if you don't have the authority and power of the pulpit laying the groundwork here for the for the assembly, so that they know this is bad, the church does not do this. We oppose this, and 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 this is this goes against God's will. If you, that's step one. If, it, and if that step is not, and, and it's not a Sunday night thing, it's not where the elders get together, the assembly on a Sunday morning has heard this in, in a recent time because it's going on in your community right now. If you haven't heard that, there is no step two, three, or four. Are we okay with that, number one? Yeah, and right? not because it might not be efficacious to go to that library still, but because you clearly have work to do right in your yeah, own yeah. backyard. I mean, what's the words of St. Peter, man? The judgment begins in the house of God first, right? Okay, right? I think, I think that's it. Peter that said that, correct? So, so that's that's a biblical admonition, right? That's the whole beam in your own eye, yeah. and the speck of dust in your yep. brothers. <coughs> oh man, I'm sorry. It's hitting me now as we're going on in the show. Out of nowhere, I apologize. But that's number one. Okay, we all agree on that. Yep. Yes. If you haven't cleared that hurdle, there's this is a pointless conversation the rest of the way because this is the church equivalent of you're a vigilante group now. You don't have the actual authority behind you, correct? Yeah. Number two, you then have to make sure your families are not participating in this. Because any step you would make to, to, to shine the light here, if, when Judas shows up, or the, you know, don't be a heresy shows up, you played yourself, Dave Chappelle. You're done, Okay. So there's got to be unity in the body. Once, once, once the pulpit has communicated what the, under the authority of God, what is right and what is wrong. Next step is there's got to be unity in the body. We got to make sure we as a church body are not somewhere else taking part in this in a way that undermines our integrity. Okay. And causes now, because now we've got division in the church and the enemy loves divide and conquer. You guys okay with that? Yep. You okay with well, that, Todd? In as much as you can within, we, uh, we live in a 
broken Christian sure, times sure. where he fractured sure. all I mean, over like the place. I mean, like you show up there and like one of your families is sitting in the front row with their kid. That yeah, okay, that's what I mean. The person, I don't mean yes. I don't mean knowing. You know, we all have our we all have our sins. We all have the sin that area yeah. that so easily ensnares us. We all have the red light districts yeah. of our minds, maybe our own homes. Okay, that that's where we're working out our salvation with fear yeah. and trembling, and and that's where this yes. the Holy Spirit will bring things to light. Sometimes he'll make it look like he's letting things go, only to expose them right. later on. That that's a different conversation. I mean, a public declaration within your church body, you can't have somebody publicly declaring their affinity and support for this. That's what I mean. Right. Not struggling with their own sinfulness. You're never going to be able to avoid the Methodist God is still speaking with commas down the road who might be there as well. That's unavoidable. What I mean is what you articulated. Correct. Hey, I learned that you guys don't like what we learned. You shouldn't be going to church here. That's what I mean. Absolutely. Not, 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 uh, hey, I'm I'm struggling with same-sex behavior. I've even engaged in it. I don't know what I'm doing. That's not what we're talking about. That's a separate issue. Okay. So you okay? We okay with that then? Yes. Number two, there has to be, let, let me, let me even pinpoint it all the more then to be precise there there once the, the the pulpit must first establish god's authority in this area number one number two there must be public unity within the assembly in this area as a as a follow-up mm-hmm. right yes those first two steps have to be before you as a church engage in something like this because you also asked us as a church you didn't ask us as a group of believers who are just going down to the library that's a that's another issue okay thirdly then there needs to be some real prayerful consideration. You know, um, is this the will of the Holy Spirit for us to do this? And then, because, and then B, can he reveal to us uh, how to be a wise as a serpent and innocent as a dove here? Okay. Um, how to not be a stereotype. How to be effective. How to not, as Aaron pointed out, casting our pearls unto swine. All right. Um, to, to, so when the master returns, we were maximizing the capital that he gave us, not wasting it away on a, on a worthless cause. All right. So is there a way to get a win? How do we define a win? Is God glorified? That's how we define a win. Is that fair? Mm-hmm. So can we sola de gloria this? That's the question we're asking. Is there a way to do that? And if at any point we're not sure, probably the answer is no. Because if you have a deep conviction, you'll know. You know what you're doing here. You're doing the just war theory of social engagement. In a way. Yeah. Yeah. In a way. Because this is more, far more, because as, yeah. as Aaron adroitly pointed out, this is different than, you're, you know, if you want to stand across, the, like if he asked us, Aaron, hey, we are thinking about uh, passing out flyers across the street from the library. What do you guys think? We probably wouldn't have much of an opinion on that, right? You're right. across. But no, he's talking about, we're going to go down there during drag queen story time hour. So you're going to go in the operating room at Planned Parenthood then, right? That's kind of what you're insinuating yep. in a way. Okay. That's a that's a whole new ball game then. Better make sure you've you've, yep. you've done your Yep. You know, you've worked hard, said your prayers, ate your vitamins there Hulk Hogan before you go into that to squared circle, right? Right. Yeah. So if if you're not willing if you're not willing to go full measure here because uh, the, the chances that you're going to have a constructive dialogue or fruitful dialogue that anybody uh, with anybody who is there of their own volition, uh, it's it's very slim. Doesn't mean it can't happen. There's always an Abby Johnson that comes ar- along, a, a Planned Parenthood director who will actually engage with you at some level, but the the chances of that are slim. So if you're going to go into the operation room, go there to put a stop to it. 
go there to put a stop to it and understand that you're uh, you are going to be confronting, right. confrontational, and you are actually going to be driving a wedge between you and evil. Yep. That's that's the motivation that w- that I would have. Know what your enemy is, or know who the opponent is, and who the enemy is empowering in these situations. All right, I think we should stop at these three steps. All right, because. That's a lot of work to do. That's right a lot there. of work to do to clear those three hurdles yeah, yeah. right there, right? Now, if you're doing this outside of the church in a, you know, a parachurch group, you have a family council, um, you know, family policy center in your state, a family council affiliate in your state, a, a group like a family leader, get together with those folks who do this all the time and, and plan things out with them um, and take advantage of their experience uh, in these kinds of areas. All right. If you're if you're a group of committed Christians or, or men, uh, mothers, parents that you know are independently want to do this, I, I would certainly talk to an organization that is uh, that is tasked with standing for Christian virtue in the public square, and see if you might get some of their official support to go down those kinds of roads, rather than just, hey, let me you know don't you know what's the line from the Dark Knight? It's a guy in a hockey mask. All right, don't be that guy. Don't be the culture war equivalent of that, all right? You're not Batman, all right? You, di- you didn't do the pull-ups, okay? Um, you, di- you, didn't, you didn't study the mystic arts with the League of Assassins, all right? You're a guy in a hockey mask, all right? So, do you know so, where we can do that, by the way? Yeah. So see if, see if you can get some people who have done some of those things uh, to line up with you to help give you the support and guidance that you need, all right? Great stuff. Hey, let's get to three non-political questions brought to you by Home Title Lock. You know those annoying robocalls you're getting, the ones saying you're, pre- uh, you're pre-approved for credit cards or loans. Be careful. They're trying to get your personal identification. And even if they can't steal your identity, what they use is that identifying information to go online. And maybe, you know, where like your mortgage is kept, your home title is kept. Claim, use that information to sign in, make it look like you sold your home to them. And then they take out loans against your equity, sticking you with the payments maybe even the foreclosure notice. It's called home title fraud. FBI says this is sweeping the country, so be careful. It's the most important investment most Americans will ever make, their own homes. And you can't protect it with your run-of-the-mill identity theft protection or your bank or your mortgage lender. But for pennies a day, Home Title Lock will. In fact, you can go to HomeTitleLock.com right now and find out if your home's title has already been targeted or tampered with and sign up for 60 risk-free days of protection while you're there. All right, don't play games with your most important investment, your home. HomeTitleLock.com. And now it's time for three non-political questions. Thank you, Steve, because we need a break from all of the uh, fall of Western civilization. Drag Queen Story Hour was the topic of conversation for the last half hour. And yes, I am skipping the intro today uh, just because we're a little short on time. Question number one, if you could live the life and have the adventures of any character from a non-science fiction movie, who would it be? And why? Live the life of any character from a non-science. So it can be a it can be a fiction fiction movie, movie but not science. But fiction. not science fiction. Um, does, do do superhero movies count as science fiction? Yes. Okay. Um, Indiana Jones. Wow that I that counts. That's. that's that, is that, that science fiction? That's still science fiction. It is. All right. Give me give me an example of something you think I might take that you don't consider science fiction. So I don't. I don't. I know what my boundaries are. Oh, uh, Forrest. I'm sorry. No, I'm not Forrest Gump. Um, I don't know. Like Castaway. Again, I'm, I'm still t- stuck. So on any, anything you really want anything outside the fantasy realm? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, 
I'll just tell you. Can I tell you what mine is? Sure. So you can have a little bit of time. Yeah. Um, I was thinking. I was thinking Castaway because it would be fun to live on an island sometime. But then I, I changed my mind. I want to be a white herb from Tombstone, dude. I would love. I'd love to live in the Wild West. You know, all the cholera, all of the. But that's not uh, fiction. <laughs> Uh, it doesn't have to be fiction. Oh. Yeah, it okay. doesn't have to be fiction. It just can't be science fiction. That's the only... I thought you said fictional character. That's yeah, what I that's thought what he I said. Thought. No, I said okay. any character. Okay. Yeah. I just, no. I what I said was any character okay. from a non-science well. fiction movie. Yeah. So Wyatt Earp, I'd love to have the well. life that he did uh, and uh, have the adventures that he did. Uh, probably don't know what I'm asking for in its full uh, entirety, but the but dude probably is a badass. Not. Yeah. I, then if that's the case, then I'm going to pick, you know, like... um you know, um, like, like Peter in like the greatest story ever told or some, you know, something like that. You know what I'm saying? Sure. Or I'm going to pick, uh, Maximus and gladiator, you know, um, that's cause that's, that's a way to go out right there. Right. Like, tell me a dude that if you knew, if you had a choice, if you has, if you, it, it, I think this is dude code compliant. Your choice is leave it in, live it until you're 75 and you just, or 85 and you have the long descent of losing your health and some of your faculties or dying at 50 with a mic dropping bomb. And, and, and then you just wreak a high body count entirely of people who deserve it. Which would you take? Oh, you're, thought it was rhetorical that seems pretty obvious i, I know yeah. yeah you're looking at me yeah, like you, well, no, you right, next thing you ask me do you think you, ice cream I, is good for a second right? i thought was there supposed to be gray area in there? <laughs> you know, yeah. <laughs> yeah you didn't give me your quizzical look like i'm not sure what you're asking me you gave me a look like this is a dilemma yeah. we're, we're debating this <laughs> right like I, I would choose either maximus from gladiator because that's a way to go out man that is a way you call your shot okay Father to a murdered son, husband to a murdered wife, and I will have my vengeance in this <laughs> life or the next. That's that's a yeah. I could go out like that, or you know, I'd pick you know one of the uh, uh, the the movie where Jeffrey Hunter is better from the '60s than Max Van Sydow. I'm trying to remember which one, which Jesus movie that is. I'd pick one of the disciples in that movie. You know, to have you know go through something like that and witness it. Sure, sure. I'm I'm just going based on the feeling I had with this character, uh, it, and many people love this movie. Uh, but it, Shawshank Redemption, Red, that would make me a murderer. I understand that. But the end when he, uh, the, the, the when he finds the uh, he gets out of jail and he follows Andy Dufresne's uh, message to him and he goes finds uh, the letter to him and and that's where Andy tells him who had escaped where he is and if you want to come join me and then he he shows him on the bus and he says he says i uh i feel an excitement i've uh never felt before i I find i've uh i'm so excited i can't uh sit still or keep a thought in my head and then he says i think it's the kind of excitement only a free man can feel and that's the last words and then it just shows him reuniting on that beach um that that kind of a feeling where you've come that far that's something nicely done uh, question two, what's on your Mount Rushmore of musical albums? Oh, man. Oh, It's going to be one of the Beatles albums, of course. So it's going to be four, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Abbey Road is there. Yep. That, that's my Beatles. Um, that's, that's my Beatles contribution. Um, 
Led Zeppelin Four is there. Um, Actung Baby by U Two is there. Well, here's the thing: can we can we cheat and use greatest hits? No, sorry. Uh, yeah, I, I know that's, yeah, it, that's, but that's, that's that important makes, to clarify yeah. that. All right, so it's got to be original. It's got to be an original yep. album. All right, okay. So I'm gonna go with U um, Two's Actung Baby. I'm gonna go with um, Abbey Road by the Beatles. I'm gonna go with um, um, oh Led Zeppelin Four, and I'm really torn on what my fourth shot should be because a large part of me realizes I shouldn't put this on my list, but um, every now and then you've just gotta you just gotta let it rip, all right. No, so you know what? I know I'm gonna get I'm I'm gonna get, get your Harry Potter emailers gonna pounce on me for mm-hmm. this. I'm gonna put back in black by ACDC as number four. All right, I'm gonna get it crushed on this. I've I've lost all my Christian credentials, but I I can't lie. It would it would it would be on my list. Is uh for those about to rock on the on that one? Dif- it's a whole different album. That's a whole different. Yeah, I think album. that's oh, actually that's right. I think oh, that's actually God. the album after. Yeah. Back in Black, I believe. Yeah. yeah. I would go a Zeppelin Four. I would go Joshua Tree. I would uh, overact Tongue Baby, huh? Uh, Here's the thing. I'm just saying it. The top it three songs on no, the Joshua, uh, Joshua Tree was going to be are mine. better than anything on Act yeah. Tongue Baby. I just think as a whole, Act Tongue Baby is a better album. But you can't go wrong with the Josh. Those three songs are stirring. You know what three songs I'm talking. There's other good songs oh, yeah. on that album, it's, but the main three yes, are terrific. Yeah. Uh, and then I would go uh, pick a, any number of Billy Joel albums, and uh, this one. Uh, Alice in Chains' Jar of Flies is just... I the, did not anticipate that. Through the roof. Um, you know what? I'm gonna. Can I amend my answer? Sure. Because if I go with the Joshua Tree, I'm going to get some soulfulness in there as well, right? Yeah. Actung Baby is a great album, but it's just all jams. There's there's, there's more of... of uh, there's some real theology in the Joshua Tree. Correct. So I'm, I can kind of transcend some, some genres there. So I'm going to go with your... With, with your suggestion. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to sub out Actung Bayman and I'm put the Joshua Tree in there instead. Yeah, that's, um, that's, uh, that's the one that we all have in common. Uh, that would be Joshua Tree. And I'm trying to figure out the last name. Yes, uh, there it is. Um, so Joshua Tree is definitely on mine. Uh, Viva La Vida by Coldplay. Okay, you, you know, hate, see haters. I mean, that album. I did is not a- see that amazing. coming. Amazing. Okay. That out. Al- You're not going to see what's coming on my last one. <laughs> that's probably. That's probably a good thing. Um, so Joshua Tree, uh, I, w- I would say um, Viva La Vida by Coldplay. Um, Andrew Peterson's Light for the Lost Boy. You probably have never heard of that guy. Uh, some of you listening probably have. Great album. And uh, my final one is uh, 1989 by Taylor Swift. Uh, question number three is... No, it's not. Uh, yes, it is. It's a great album, man. Wow. It's a great album. What's something you've never done before that you want to do in the next year? Right now, punch you in the face <laughs> would be my answer. Love the jungle, baby. Wow, that was great. That had to happen. Was, no, I, like, happen. I will there confess. Was, there was less hesitation. Dude was, Code was there, but Dude Code demanded that. He there, was, there, was, there was about an equal amount of hesitation in your response as there was for McGuire saying, uh, Congresswoman... Uh, <laughs> Congresswoman, what's his face? Swalwell yes. this morning. I will say, yeah, my daughters loved country Taylor Swift, you know? So yeah. you belong with me and stuff. I heard all that growing, when they were growing up. I didn't mind it that much. But the pop Taylor, Taylor Swift, I can't stand that crap. Um, something I want to do in the next year that I've never done. Yep. 
visit Star Wars Galaxy's Edge. Uh, that's a good answer. Yeah. I would like to travel to uh, the Holy Land. That's another one. Before I, while wait, I wait, can. Way to come over the top of the Jesus juke. Appreciate it. Yeah, Respect. Yeah, thanks, thanks Respect. for that, Todd. Uh, I'm terrible. Watch the ACDC and Star in Wars. Todd's like, I want to go to the Holy Land. Yeah. You want the Chiefs in the Super Bowl? I want to watch the Chiefs in the Super Bowl, man. You know what? If I'm going Cardinal, then I'm going all the way. I want to watch the Lions in the Super Bowl. Playing each other this week. Screw you, Star Wars. Yeah. Holy Land will be there next time. Go Lions. Back at it again tomorrow, John 317. This is Steve Dace. On the Blaze Radio Network.